welcome to another edition of the Unicorns Podcast. This is a podcast series featuring business leaders, motivators, innovators, and general go-getters. Well, another listed company is our focus today. Triple 3D is the name of the business we're looking at. It's on the ASX with the code T3D. The chairman is John Kennedy. John is a very experienced and successful company director. He's been in business for about 30 years or so and is a great student of history and human behavior. John, welcome to the program. Thank you, Justin. Uh, pleasure to have me on the on the podcast. John, Triple 3D has been on the ASX for a while now. How do you best describe what the business does? Uh, primarily, it's a digital assets uh, company. So we have a library of thousands of uh, three-dimensional images um, that um, uh, covers pretty much uh, sport and entertainment. So we, we, we have license agreements with... Uh, uh, companies or institutions like the AFL, uh, but we also have uh, quite a few of internally generated or curated content. So that mm-hmm. digital file is then used um, to create a physical representation. That's what we've been doing in the past through a process called 3D printing. And with the advent of blockchain, we're seeing the capability now of using those digital files uh, on uh, such new concepts such as NFTs or non-fungible tokens. So primarily a digital assets company, then we choose how we want to represent those assets, either in a physical format, being 3D printing, or a digital format, or both through a, um, a blended product. So if we, if we use that example that you mentioned there of the AFL, if I'm an AFL fan and want to get something printed, I see a a digital image, what, what happens? I, I contact the business and you arrange for something to be printed. Is that right? Well, we, we, what we do is generally every year, it hasn't happened in the last two years because of COVID, we would go out and take the digital images of the players. So we have a, right. a photo okay. inventory system, yeah. which is basically 100 cameras that take a photo from every angle simultaneously. Those pictures are put together to create a 3D or an STL file. And that is the digital asset. Then we have the opportunity to obviously uh, interpret that into a physical representation in a 3D print. So generally speaking, um, you wouldn't come to us with an AFL image. It's images that were already taken. And you just come to our website and you buy the product and it gets uh, printed and shipped. And how did you get first involved with the business, John? So I started Triple 3D. I think I got involved in um, 3D printing. I think I came to know it around um, 2013, did did a lot of research and really liked um, what it did. So the the beauty about 3D printing is the ability to create something bespoke, one-off, or a hundred different things in one print run, right? Well, you can't do that in traditional manufacturing. Um, So that really excited me. And, And look, that's the thematic and um, going forward is that everyone wants to be slightly different. Everyone wants something mm-hmm. that no one else has. That's the beauty of 3D printing. It can do that cost-effectively, unlike a traditional injection molding where it's, you know, your, your vanilla or generic items done thousands of times. We can do a thousand different things in one hit. That's that's the beauty of 3D printing. And that really excited me. And that's how we went in that pathway of uh, 3D printing. And, you know, if you really look at it, 3D printing doesn't exist unless you have a digital file. Mm. Right, mm. and that's what that's what the business is around. It's about 
obviously collecting, curating, creating digital files. So have you got a, a manufacturing plant or warehouse? Where, where, where does the printing take place? In, in Melbourne. So uh, we, have a, uh, we have an engineer that creates the digital files, you know, um, creates the, you know, puts the print jobs on, dispatches uh, all, all the products out. So it's based in Lebanon. Uh, it's a factory, and that's where we house our, our 3D printers. Uh, that's where we house, well, uh, all, all the digital files are obviously housed, um, you know, they're, on, they're online uh, on, on a cloud, cloud solution. But, yeah, so everything comes, out of, everything comes out of Melbourne. Is there anything strange or weird that you've printed, or is there anything you can't print? I mean, what, what are the parameters? What are the boundaries about the, of, of the things that you can 3D print? Look, you can virtually print anything. Like 3D printing, um, you know, it's it's like the concept of a automobile, right? You, you have a car, but a car can come in various forms. You can have a utility, you know, you can have a, mm. an SUV, mm. you can have a sports car, you can have a truck, you know. So 3D printing is the same. Not one printer does everything. So you have printers that print in, in powder uh, or, or otherwise known as gypsum. You have printers that print in plastic, some print in metal, titanium, some print in a combination of, um, really? of products okay. like that. Yeah. So, you know, we don't we don't own or have every printer that exists because you basically couldn't. There's actually hundreds of printers and you have large scale printers. So um, GE is working at the moment of, of actually trying to print an aeroplane engine. 3D print an aeroplane engine. So what they're trying to do is decrease the amount of parts that go into a, an engine. So mm. if you can, and you some, and you can't create some parts in traditional CNC or other forms of manufacturing, but you can create them through 3D printing. So if you if you can create a part that, or a component that you know was five parts, and now you can make it into one part, well. You know, mm. I'm not an engineer, but I'm sure that uh, you're probably saving on, on friction and, you know, individual costs and manhandling and all the rest of it. So you can virtually print most things. Um, have we printed some odd things? Yeah, we have. Can't really <laughs> tell you exactly what we printed. But might be another podcast, John. It might be another podcast or <laughs> another, another platform. But, um, if yeah, anything that can be created in a digital file, can be three D printed. Am I right? Am I right in saying that medical science is now looking at three D printing? And I think in the past you certainly have had some applications where it's um, you know that real precision of say a part for a jawbone or Correct. you know a yes. knee. So, I'm, I'm keen to know more about that. Yes, yeah, so three D printing. Um, it's it, it's a, it's a growing market. Uh, so where you know we are humans and we're similar, but we're not alike. You know, we all have slightly different uh, bone structures uh, and anatomy. So in, in order to get you know a precise outcome, so in surgery, um, a lot of the parts are off the shelf. You know, orthopedics mm. and so forth. Yes. And you'll see yeah. you'll see the surgeon go in there with you know a hammer and a saw and all the rest of it and chisel things out to make it a perfect fit. With, uh, with um, uh, imaging, so CT scanning and, and things like that, you, you actually see the three-dimensional shape of a bone that you're, that you're working with and you can create um, um, uh, an item uh, for that part, for, for that body 
uh, for that sorry for that bow uh, that's specifically made for that person, right? Mm. And, we, and we've and look, I, I was involved in a company at the time it was called Three D Medical, and we did that correctly with the with the jaw bow. Um, mm. So we're seeing that as a big part of um, of medicine. Uh, it's but there, there is a obviously. Um, the FDA and the TGA are obviously involved. These things need to be approved. Your facility needs to be uh, in a, at a certain standard, obviously, for hygienic purposes and so forth. So it's going to be a, a – I think most hospitals now do have access to uh, 3D printed, um, for want of a better term, body parts. So, yes, uh, yes. Yeah, so it is, it is growing. And that's a thematic. The global thematic is – is that things are going bespoke. You know, I want, and you can see it. You can see it when you go to, you know, that's why you have all these lines at these luxury stores. Everyone wants to feel special. Everyone wants to feel different. They're buying their, you know, luxurious handbag, and a lot of people are getting their initials on put on them to make themselves feel special. So, you know, there's no reason why that can't go to that next length and say, okay, how, how, do, we, how do we prolong uh, your lifespan? How can we give you a better quality of life? Well, if you want to do it, um, where you get the maximum benefit, that product needs to be tailored to you. And there's no greater way of doing that than through, you know, uh, 3D printing and digital and digital files. The company announcement of June, and you, and you alluded to it earlier, indicated that there was now an NFT component to the business. Let's get into the detail around how that works. Yeah, so the NFT component is exciting for us. So... You know, historically, you know, yes, we, we, we had an asset in that, the file, but we can only interpret or represent that through 3D printing. With the advent of blockchain, um, we're seeing the, you know, obviously blockchain is synonymous with um, cryptocurrency, but it's also synonymous with NFTs. So what that enables to do is actually sell digital files and someone has the opportunity of, of buying that and then trading it or keeping it or, or whatever they, they like to do. So, you know, we are in the, the licensing uh, collectibles business, right? So most of the products we do are aimed at the collectibles market. So that's people that want a, a product of their favorite player or team or whatever it may be. So an NFT is the largest growing segment of the collectibles market. So mm. I'm not sure whether you've heard of NBA Top Shots, uh, they're basically 10-second clips of of slam dunks or, you know, interesting moves yeah. in, in the NBA. Um, and they have sold hundreds of millions of dollars of NFTs. One sold for over $6 million, I believe, last year. year <laughs> Stop before. it. No, no. It's, it's, it's there. You, you can read it. So that is a fan, an investor, a collector whatever they are, that sees value in owning that. Mm. Um, you know, what are we to say? Why does someone buy, exactly. you know, uh, a $20 million home? Because it makes them feel good, you know? Mm. So you don't really need it, let's be honest, but you buy it. And that's what it's about. I have one of one. So this is the thing about the NFTs. They are, the as the word suggests, non-fungible means it can't be replaced by anything else, right? They, mm. they are all different. And that's the beauty about 3D printing. I can make many different things simultaneously. So they go hand in hand. Very exciting space for us. So what, one of the areas, so we, we, we don't have the license at the moment to do NFTs for the AFL. So yes. 
you know, so what we are looking at, how, how do we create, internally generate, or how can we partner with other other organisations? So one of the areas that we're very, very excited about, and this will probably be our first drop uh, NFT space with a corresponding 3D printing offering, is that um, we're, we're, you know, moving slightly, we're expanding the collectibles segment. So we are going to do a drop of... Um, of famous iconic racehorses from around the world. Mm-hmm. Right? So your Farlaps, your Sea Biscuits, your Secretariats, Frankel, all these <laughs> yeah. incredible names. So, yeah. uh, so we've been we have that opportunity to do that. They are a limited offering, where you will own the NFT and corresponding three D print. Um, there's some, some exciting things happening where obviously it's all about an experience, right? And mm-hmm. that's where. I think we're in a good place with the digital file to create an experience, both a digital and a physical one. So that product is going to be called Nifty Run, so N-F-T-Y. Yes. Um, so the, the website will go live on the Nifty Run next week. Um, you know, it's really register your interest, be part of the – it's called a whitelist, so people that are on the whitelist get preferential treatment. There's only going to be a limited number of these NFTs and 3D printing items. Um, every horse will have its own attributes, right? So- Any Aussie uh, horses? Yeah, Farlap, um, mm. got Farlap, got um, uh, Black Caviar, got Wings. Wow. wow. Yeah, so okay. these, these are, you know, these are once in a lifetime opportunities to buy something very special. The beauty about this, um, race horses is, internationally recognized mm. right? there is dominantly you know um there's racing in virtually every major economy in the world so the beauty about this is is that our addressable market you know goes not just from australia but into the us with global yeah in, into ireland into uk in, into the, uh, asia japan into europe and also the middle east right which is a huge market for racehorses so and, you know, look, I'm not ashamed of it. It's all about, you know, in, uh, improving the eyeballs of Triple 3D. So if you like mm. the NFT, there's no reason why you're not going to like the stock either, right? So yeah. that, that's where we see it. We're here to generate shareholder wealth and, and returns. And and the racehorsing one is, is a great opportunity. You know, it is they are collectible items. And uh, we've been able to land on this opportunity and we'll expand it over time. So... And is that what excites you about the business, John? The the, the potential for for this, which seems limitless. It, it does, but it's this concept. There's a there's a word out, and, and it's um, it's called fidgetal. So I'm not sure. Fidgetal. Yeah, it's, it's a new word. So it's it's basically it's a concept where you use technology to bridge the digital world with the physical world, right? With the purpose of of providing unique interactive experiences, right? And that's what we're there. That's what 3D, triple 3D has the ability to do, right? Think about it, right? The physical product and the digital product has to come from one embryo and that embryo is a digital file, right? You cannot 3D print without a digital file. You cannot create an NFT without a digital file, right? So we're well-placed. Um, and um, one of our directors, uh, Nigel Finch, was in, New York recently for a very large NFT conference. And the thing that he saw is the thing that stood out was, yes, there's a lot of NFT owners, but what they want, they want that extra experience. You know, there, there's quite a few people that owned Bored Apes. I'm not sure if you know what they are. They are probably the world's most popular and most expensive NFT, ranging from 
300,000 to 3 million. So if you own one of those, you are a rock star. You know, there's there's 10,000. What are they? Apes. Board Apes, yeah. It's, it's the Board Ape Yacht Club. So it's it's actually, you own an NFT, but it entitles you. It's like a club, right? Right, okay, yeah. But the NFT itself, uh, and you own the copyright of that NFT. Um, so what they're seeing is owners of those NFTs are wanting to show their friends, I own, you know, I own this Board Ape, and here it is on my desk at work or it's in my house you know and what we're seeing is is a lot of these people are getting that stuff 3d printed right right? yeah okay and it's a big market so there is a a gentleman in europe who's creating i won't say life-size but pretty much close to life-size 3d printed but with a human input right of these board apes and he's charging over twenty thousand usd for it and he's Mm. selling stuff okay so Mm. i'm not here to say you know, you must have this, you must have that. All I'm saying is that we have, we're in a great position to satisfy this movement, right, of, of merging the digital with the physical. And look, the metaverse is a different conversation altogether. Yes. But, you know, but what I'm trying to say is that we're well placed to take advantage of these trends. So that, that, that's very, very exciting. So, so, just, so just on that, and you, you're well travelled, and I know you're well read. So, yeah. what what are you seeing vis-a-vis macroeconomic trends uh, in global markets that that are influencing or might influence the way Triple Three D does business? Yeah, look, I, I've I've travelled quite a few times th- this year, and everyone wants to feel special, Justin. Everyone wants something that no one else has. Um, people are not ashamed to to flaunt whatever it is that makes them feel good about themselves. So yes, it may be an insecurity, but that's not for me to, to pass judgment on, right? So mm-hmm. what we're seeing is very unique one-off products. And you're seeing it with the likes of Ferrari who are creating, you know, specialized models just for a particular subset of clientele, right? There is a lot of money out there and that needs to be, you know, people want to display it in their own particular way. So this pathway towards uniqueness and bespoke is going to get, um, it's going to be more prevalent and ubiquitous. Normally, it starts at the higher end of society, right, and then slowly filters down. That's what normally that not normally happens. So, um, as things get well, I'm not going to say things get cheaper because with inflation the way it is, things are getting more expensive. But uh, over time, generally, things uh, like that get more and more accessible. So that's what I see as as the macroeconomic trend, and we fulfil the ability to create one-off products, bespoke products, mm. um, very cheaply. We provide a turnkey solution. You know, we do, the, we do the complete CAD design, the engineering, and the final product, right? So, but at the same time, you know what? I've got this picture on my phone, and you don't have it. It makes me feel special. <laughs> and I've also got its 3D representation. That's, that's what it is, right? And that's what Instagram is. It's people that posting pictures of themselves by a pool in wherever, Santorini, Mykonos, Bali, Bali, Maldives, you know, with bottles of champagne and fireworks and all the rest of it, right? That's the show. We're here to, you know, assist in making that show happen, I suppose. Let's let's briefly turn to your balance sheet. What sort of shape is is that in? Well, we're no debt. So, you know, we're, we're fine. Um, we've got about um, 
probably three fifty, nearly four hundred thousand in the bank, or probably another two hundred and fifty or close to three hundred in next month in, in, in R and D from the government. So, you know, we, we directors get paid in shares. So we minimize our, our cash outlay. Mm-hmm. Um, some expenses coming up, the NFT drop is one, but we hope that that would be, you know, at the um, cash flow neutral at, at worst. The beauty about the NFTs is they give you an ongoing royalty, right? So every yes. time, every time you there's there's two forms of income there. One is the, the initial sale, where you transfer ownership from the company to the buyer. Then every time the buyer sells that NFT, uh, the company will earn a, a royalty. Um, so we haven't set that that amount yet, but it'll probably be ten percent. Um, so that that's that's something that you know that obviously is positive for cash flow. So in terms of the balance sheet. We we have uh, we we have no debt. We're well placed to finance uh, our, our current um, works in progress, which are predominantly uh, NFT, then slash three D printing related. Uh, and from and we obviously hope that that those will be uh, those will, those things will pay for themselves, but also attract significant attention to the company and to the stock. You know, so yeah. if we if we do well in the NFT, if you're buying an NFT. You should be buying the stock as well, right? Mm. Those things are correlated, and this is this is the unique opportunity that exists with Triple Three D. I don't know if there's any other. Oh, there's definitely not, you know, n- not in Australia, but even all the world, where a public company um, is is based in providing, you know, NFTs and three D printed products. We have the opportunity to, you know, one correlates with the other, right? If you think the NFTs are going to do well, then by default the stock price should do well as also. Right, but it depends on why you're buying it. Are you buying it for any? Are you buying the NFT for an investment, or are you buying it as a collectible? Are you buying it for, for pleasure? Right. If, you, yes. if you're buying it for yeah. pleasure, well, you're not really, you know, you're not investor focused. You know, your your aim is not to make a, a buck on it. Therefore, I don't see you buying the stock. But you know, we think that people that buy the NFT, uh, if they like it. For me, it's a no-brainer. You buy the stock as well. Speaking of investors and, and shareholders, obviously you're talking with them all the time. What are some of the things that they raise with you and would like to see from the business? Uh, obviously, they'd, they'd like to see us move a bit quicker, right? Yeah. But so do I. You know, but you know, it's being a public company. There are there are boxes you, you need to tick, right? A lot of a lot of what we're doing is IP related, right? IP, you know. Uh, is uh, supported by certain laws and and risks and so forth. So, you know, we need to be mindful that we're not overstepping anything. We need to be mindful that, you know, we have rights and and we can enforce those. So it takes time to get good advice. The board, you know, meets, the board makes decisions. So, yeah, the the things are taking longer than what we had hoped, definitely. So that's the the primary one because they see the opportunity, right? They see it and so do do I. You know, I'm one of the largest shareholders, you know, I would have hoped that things would have gone quicker than than what they have, but you know we have to be cognizant of our responsibilities. We don't want to, you know, save two or three months and make mistakes. You know, you yeah. want to make sure that you tick the boxes and and we give the company every opportunity to succeed. So that, that's the primary one, and, yes. and I totally understand that. But you know, I, I am one of the largest shareholders. I, I get that. I get the issue. I, I, I feel mm. the pain. Right. Mm. They need to know as well that I'm aligned to the success yes. of the company. Yeah. What's it like, John, running a public company in Australia? Uh, look, so I've been a director of public company since 2000 and 2007, and it, it has changed, especially from an ASX compliance perspective. 
um, the, the requirements are a lot more onerous and it is fairly costly now. It's, it's not it's not cheap uh, to tick all those boxes to get the right people on board to support you. You know, audit, legal, company secretary, you know, all, all those. And there's a lot of things um, mm. that, that have to be done. So um, that takes up a considerable amount of time. Um, so it, it's I, I wouldn't trade it in for anything, to thank you, because the opportunity the markets provide you, it's very it's very hard to find that opportunity anywhere else in business. Yes. Right. Yes. Um, but it's a constant. You know, you you are running two companies in effect being public, uh, and people say, "Oh, what what do you mean?" Well, you're running the operations, you're running the underlying company, whatever you're doing. You know, whether it's digging coal or um, you know selling selling um, you know uh, phone plans like you know Telstra does or or what, what we're doing. There's that component, but then there's the then there's the head code component. There's the marketing component, right? Mm. And, and the language that that is that you talk to your investors, you, you talk uh, potential shareholders, maybe even banks, is completely different to the language you talk to customers, right? Customers being people that buy your product or your staff. So you know, getting a grasp of that is sometimes um, it's not difficult because I've done it for a long time, but. Uh, that that's the fundamental difference between public and, and a private yes, company, yeah. really, right? Yep. So, but that's what I've I've been doing this now for fifteen what over fifteen years now in a public company. Yes. I'm a member yep. of a few public companies, and look, I would as I said, I wouldn't trade it in for the world. Well, global markets have been stuttering for a while now, in particular this year. You're in a sector that has exposure to uncertainty. What's your view, John, on where things are at and or are heading? Yeah, look, so the global markets, you know, are, are in a difficult shape. We're, we're seeing some, um, you know, high inflation numbers come out. You know, central banks have to act. Politicians are, are, are in a squeeze, I suppose, in that, you know, their job is to get re-elected, but at the same time, the cost of living is, going, is getting higher. Uh, and, and, and the central banks are taking money out of the system. The fact is, is there's still a lot of money out there. That money needs to find a home, right? So um, it's up to the companies to actually, you know, market themselves, be out there, uh, create a narrative and prosecute it to investors, right? So that's what we're trying to do. You know, whatever happens in the global markets happens. I can't really... Um, I can't do much about that, but I can do a lot in relation to my company. We've got a fantastic balance sheet, right? So that's we're not going anywhere. We're not dependent on anyone or anything. So we can ride out the storm. Yes, the the euphoria, the excitement around digital assets, NFTs, crypto, blockchain has diminished. People have lost money, you know, and to some extent, well, they probably deserve to lose it and learn a lesson. The technology is fabulous, okay? So that's not going anywhere. And if people truly understand the concept of NFTs, NFTs will be ubiquitous. They will permeate every part of your life, right? Um, so that's that's still down the track. It's many, many years away, but we will get there. But what I'm saying is I think we're well-placed. It's up to me and, and the fellow uh, 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 directors to to get out there and market it. And it's also us to deliver, right? Deliver with these these products. And this, this nifty-run product, we think it's fabulous has global appeal, and that's really, really important um, that we're not just, you know, selling AFL licensed products, which yes, is you know, yes. one small market. 
we've suddenly got a worldwide audience here. At, at um, scale. Yeah. At scale, correct. And it's never ending. There's always new content. There's always new horses coming on stream. There's always records to be broken. You know, mm. you saw the euphoria that uh, we've been blessed in Australia over the last probably decade with Black Caviar and Winks. And Winks. You know, yeah. You know, those two Amazing. horses were, you know, and they, you know, they brought a nation together. You know, people would stop and watch the races, you know. Um, so there's a massive appeal when it comes to these iconic figures. And that that human trait exists worldwide, not just Australia. You know, the US has Seabiscuit, they have Secretariat, you know, Europe has Frankel, right? So these mm. things, mm. we're there to, you know, we're there to um, provide an experience, you know, and it's digital and in its physical form. So we've been, this, is, this was a light bulb moment, I, I really have to say that. And now it's us to, to really execute it and deliver it. And I'm hopeful that would go really well um and you know the opportunity going forward is endless and, and that'll translate into a into a higher stock price and slash um um return for for shareholders well final question john if um if someone's listening that's that's potentially looking at the stock they might have seen it followed it for a while what would you say to them about the future of the business and and the potential that triple 3d has so it's probably going back on, on my my, my last answer is that if you look at where the, the world is going, but also, you know, what do humans want? You know, they're wanting, they're wanting digital, but they're also wanting the physical and they're wanting the experience. Um, we provide all that and more. So you, you have, you have uh, exposure to that segment of the market through triple three, triple three D. But again, as I said, we, we hope that this this new product, the Nifty Run product, um, will give us some global exposure, uh, and that you know may lead to other things. And, and this is this is the, the the beauty about it. We are a public company, and that's really important when it comes to uh, the digital space. A, a lot of the a lot of the opportunities out there, no one actually knows who's behind them, right? Um, that's not the not that's not the go with triple three D and what we what we are doing and what we will do right. We're a public company, we have obligations. We're governed by the rules of the ASX and ASIC. We get audited right. So you got you know you know that you're not going to you know you're not investing in a in a scam in effect. You're investing in a high quality product that is backed by trust. So if you want exposure to some great technology and a worldwide market that's which we're entering, Triple Three D on the ASX is a stock for you. John Kennedy, Chairman of Triple Three D, always great to talk with you. Thank you for coming onto the show, and all the very best in the future. Thank you, Justin. Uh-huh.